We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. identify myself as a Bible-believing, unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible, I follow Jesus, and I'm not ashamed to say so. The answer is not in the next election. The answer is not in Washington, D.C. The answer to America's problems is in the pulpit and the pews of America's churches. That's what we do here daily on Bob Bernie Live. We listen, we think, And then we look at the Word of God, evaluate it, and develop our worldview from God's point of view. The views and opinions expressed are those of the participants and may not be the views or opinions of the staff, management, or advertisers of WRFD. Isn't it strange how that you take two pieces of material, you can take wood, you can take plastic, you can take anything, and you can put them in any configuration until you put them perpendicular to each other and make a cross. The Word of God. Read it. Obey it. That is the answer to America's problems. Call 1-877-BOB-LIVE. Bob Bernie Live. And welcome, welcome, welcome to a Monday edition of Bob Bernie Live. Thank you for joining me. Here is my telephone number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Hope you had a great weekend, especially all of the mothers in my audience. I hope and pray you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I hope you felt honored, loved, cherished, appreciated. I, uh, I really do. I hope you. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, my telephone number eight seven seven Bob Live eight seven seven two six two fifty four eighty three. Just a quick program note. Uh, The Republican candidate for U.S. Senate, J.D. Vance, will be joining us live on Thursday. Now, I usually don't announce interviews that long, that far in advance. And here's the only reason why. Uh, I continue to tell you that uh, the only reason I had political candidates on my program is when they requested and I have told you over and over and over again, um, I have an open door for political candidates. If they want to talk to my audience, I want to make this microphone available to them. If they don't, I'm not going to beg them. I, I'm just going to basically leave that up to them. Well, during the entire primary campaign, uh, J.D. Vance was the most persistent in his desire to talk to you. That's Again, I continue to tell you this, but it's absolutely true. 
It's they don't want to talk to me. You know, we could have coffee or tea or whatever. They want to talk to you. The fact that they contact me about being on this program is much, much more about you than me. They want to talk to my audience. And so I've said repeatedly, uh, sure. Uh, And that's the only reason why I had some candidates on more than others. They requested more, which simply tells me they thought it was very important to communicate with you. Well, out of all the candidates, you probably noticed I had J.D. Vance on the program more than any of the other candidates. Why? Because he requested it, not because I requested it. All right. Primary's over. J.D. Vance is now the candidate. And here is one of the first things I thought. Now that he is the candidate... Does he still want to talk to my audience? Is he, you know, I mean, the general election isn't until November. Does he still want to talk to my audience now that it's a done deal? Well, the answer is, yeah. Uh, so he'll be on with me on uh, Thursday, I believe it's 4.30 on Thursday. Yes, 4.30 Thursday, J.D. Vance will be joining us, not just me, will be joining us live. And again, I think that speaks very highly of you. I think that speaks very highly of you and what J.D. Vance thinks about you folks. Uh, So we'll uh, ask him, uh, well, I've got several questions I'll be asking, but anyway, that's on Thursday. Just wanted to pass that along. Uh, Here is something that I see as very, very good news. Listen to this headline. 107 Florida congregations leaving the United Methodist Church to join a new conservative church network amid LGBT debate. 107 individual United Methodist congregations in the state of Florida alone have said, we're out of here. Can't take it anymore. We can't take the unbiblical compromise of the denomination. We have uh, hoped, prayed, waited uh, to see if things would turn around, if they would return to biblical principles. They have not, and we're out of here. That represents, this is staggering, 20% of all of the United Methodist uh, congregations, pardon me, 20% of the United Methodist congregations in Florida are waving goodbye to the denomination. 20%. Uh, They are forming the Wesleyan Covenant Association, which will be a part of the Global Methodist Church. This is the new denomination coming out of the United Methodists, the more conservative, more biblically based. And again, I I am very, very encouraged, but I don't know enough about the 
Global Methodist Church, this new denomination. I don't know enough about them to know really how conservative they are, how biblically based they are. One thing is for certain, they're far more biblically based than the the denomination, the United Methodist Church. So in Florida, the Global Methodist Church, the Florida chapter, will be called the Wesleyan Covenant Association, quote, a theologically conservative Methodist group. They announced last week that 107 churches had, quote, chosen to initiate the process to depart the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. Now, I know that some would say, well, Bob, that's division. That's not good. Hey, division, if it is done for biblical reasons, is a good thing. The the, uh, spokesperson for the Wesleyan Covenant Association said this, This broad group of churches include both large and small congregations, along with Anglo, African-American, Latino, Korean, and other ethnic communities of faith. These churches will align with the new Global Methodist Church. Uh, Keith Boyette, a leader of the new denomination, said, quote, it is my understanding that all of these churches have taken votes to leave. The Transitional Leadership Council of the Global Methodist Church will organize local churches like the 107 from Florida into regional conferences. The regional conferences are called annual conferences and so forth. Good for them. This is a big move. You do not leave a denomination unless you have weighed the cost, and sometimes the cost is great. I have no idea what the Florida United Methodist Church will do to try to keep these churches in the denomination, but we will see. But that's that's just huge. Is this the beginning of a Methodist revival? I certainly hope so. I commend them for taking a stand for biblical truth. Again, not, 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 not an easy decision, but good for them. Uh, May their tribe increase, and uh, I believe it will. Live, looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Well, there's good news in Florida. 107 churches making the incredibly difficult decision. Now, I, I'm not sure that all of us understand. What a difficult decision that is to pull out of your affiliation with a major denomination. Depending on the the denomination and the local conference, how difficult that will be. 
in many, many cases, I'm not sure about these churches in Florida. I'm really not. But in many cases, the PCUSA, the ELCA, and occasionally the United Methodist Church do everything they can to seize all of the physical assets of the of the uh, church, leaving the denomination. Property, building, contents, and I mean all of the contents, chairs, pews, desks, you name it, they seize everything. When the church decides to leave the denomination, they lose everything physically in order to be spiritually obedient to God and His Word. Uh, Again, I don't know what uh, the requirements will be there in Florida, but it's a huge decision. And 107 individual churches, large churches, small churches, have said, we are going to stand for biblical truth, and we are willing to pay the price. We're we're willing to pay the price. So uh, congratulations to them. More good news this time in Alabama. Uh, Governor Kay Ivey, this woman has courage, has signed into law today a brand new law in Alabama that makes it a felony to provide puberty blockers or perform gender transition surgery on minors. It is now in effect in the state of Alabama. Uh, She signed the law back in April. It went into effect today. Quote, the law makes it punishable by up to 10 years in prison to provide puberty blockers, hormone treatments, or transition surgery to anyone under 19. Years old. Obviously, transgender groups are screaming, yelling, shouting, fighting. Uh, They are seeking to block the uh, bill, Uh, but a judge yesterday refused to take any action in stopping the law from uh, uh, taking effect. Uh, Alabama is the second state to uh, pass such a ban. Arkansas was the first. Uh, In Arkansas, uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson vetoed it, and to be really honest, um, I'm not sure what the final uh, outcome of that was. But anyway, in Alabama, it is now law. I've said this before, and I believe it is true. Today, no one would propose a lobotomy to deal with any kind of mental illness. Nobody would. And yet, for years, that was settled science. Uh, If I recall, I think one of the sisters of JFK, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, I could be wrong on that, but I believe that one of his sisters had a lobotomy. When someone was acting out, they didn't know what to do. Well, we'll just remove part of their brain and kind of turn them into a vegetable so they won't bother us anymore. 
But that's unheard of today. It's unthinkable. That would be abuse. And yet, it was settled science. The same with shock treatments. I would have to check, but I don't believe anybody, anybody anywhere, is using shock treatments. I don't believe. Um, And yet, that was settled science. Today, it would be considered abuse. The same will happen with this whole transgender thing with minors. Hormone treatments for a child 10 10 years old, 11 years old. Time will prove that that is abuse. And uh, people like Governor Kay Ivey will be justified, and those who have taken a stand against it will be justified in time. So uh, good for her. Uh, One other thing before the break, First Lady Jill Biden took a uh, surprise trip to Ukraine. Now, a couple of things. I've seen a lot of conservative sites go on, well, it just shows what a coward Joe Biden is. He sends his wife into the danger zone. And uh, uh, it probably would not be wise for Joe Biden to visit Ukraine. I don't know, but now leave leave the wives out of it. Uh, whatever you may think of Jill Biden, I think this was a good thing. She was never under any kind of danger. It was, and I, and I don't want to be critical because I think she showed some bravery, but it was a photo op. Uh, she traveled like a, a tiny, tiny, tiny little distance into Ukraine, just over the border, an area of Ukraine that has not had any kind of attack. There was no danger whatsoever uh, in this particular place. It was in western Ukraine. All of the attacks have been in eastern Ukraine. Uh, but I applaud her for doing it. Showed uh, the support of the United States. Uh, she met with the First Lady of Ukraine. And uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. All right. Hey, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, yeah, we're going to deal with the abortion issue, the Supreme Court, the protests. This is getting serious, folks, and we will dig deep into it when we come back. 